the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for KGNW. I'd like to welcome you today. I was sitting in church uh, a couple of weeks ago, and our pastor introduced a, a young couple and uh, had a chance to hear a little bit of their story. And I thought, when I heard about them, I thought, I'd love to have them on with me for Heart of the City. And so I want to welcome this morning uh, Daniel and Natalie uh, Harrington, welcome this morning. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Well, you, uh, uh, I attend church up at New Life in Everett, uh, mm-hmm. Pastor Jim Romack, and uh, and I understand that you're on staff there. Is that correct? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, so how long have you been there? We've been there for one month and two days. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And so, and first time really in Seattle. I mean, you visited, but now you're living in Seattle. Living in Seattle. We're adjusting to the weather. It's a lot different from where we came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was where? The Philippines. The Philippines. So we're going to hear a little bit more about that because that really is a lot of your story mm-hmm. about the Philippines. But uh, uh, part of this um, program is to really share with people the, the backstory of why people do what they do. Many, many times on KGNW, people hear pastors and ministry leaders proclaim the word, they're teaching great messages, but they never hear really how that person got to that point where they wanted to do this, mm-hmm. where they became motivated to either pastor a church or become a missionary or become a Christian musician. And um, so I'd like to just spend a few minutes with both of you as as you share your personal stories. So yeah. Natalie, I'll let you go first. And uh, did, where did you grow up? Were you grew up in the South? Yes. Uh, we actually both grew up in McGee, Mississippi, a very small town south of Jackson, and never would have thought we would end up in the Philippines um, one day. And it all started um, in different ways, obviously, for both of us. But for me, um, after college, I went on just what I thought was just a mission trip. And had no idea that that mission trip would, you know, open my eyes to see, you know, what I was truly made to do um, and what felt the most natural to me. And um, on that mission trip, I was able to work in an orphanage and um, help preach the gospel. I went with the Bob Tebow Evangelistic Association, and um, they just, you know, helped us enjoy a trip of sharing the gospel. Um, And while I was there, I just felt the Lord, you know, tugging at my heart and, felt like um, there was something more than just a mission trip. Um, I was able to talk with Mr. Tebow and just ask him, you know, how do I go about what I'm feeling? And it was then that he said, well, why don't you just come back and 
serve at our orphanage for just three months. You know, let's keep it simple and see if this is something that you can do. Um, So I served there for three months, and it was clear at that time that that was what God wanted me to do with my life. Um, And so fast forward a few years, um, I went back and forth several times and just kept, you know, praying for God to show me how this would be a a long-term, you know, option for me. And so in 2013, I um, moved to the Philippines. I met an organization that had been looking and praying for someone to come and start a ministry for street kids. And I just, I knew that that was it. Um, And I moved there in 2013. And um, so since then, you know, I've I've learned the language and um, learned and gotten to know so many people. And it just, it became obvious that that was what my life was for and totally different than what I had thought before. Tell me, uh, growing up in McGee, Mississippi, did you grow up in a Christian family? Were you, was that a part of your life from the very beginning? Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in church, um, and but it was, I didn't have a family that was in ministry um, for jobs. Right. And um, so it was, it was very unique whenever God started to open my eyes to, you know, full-time missions. And, you know, it's, but looking back, I can see how God was, was putting that in my path. You know, my, my dad and my grandfather have always um, been in um, serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather was one of the first uh, doctors in the town where I grew up. And he started a facility for handicapped children. And so it kind of, you know, I can see how that was that part was kind of, of me. part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. Your family right. were serving people, mm-hmm. love the Lord, and you know, was, church was a part of that. Right. And, you know, I, I came to know the Lord at 12 years old at a youth camp. And that's when I first understood, you know, wow, like what God did for us and how, um, you know, he— gave us a way um, to live our lives and to accept him as our Savior. When you talk about how the Lord begins to speak with you, how old were you when you started thinking about going on a missions trip? Was that something that your church did and that you just went as a part of a group? Or was there just something innate within you as an individual that said, I I need to go somewhere? Well, I honestly, when I was... 12, I had this, I call it a random desire, you know, and it makes sense that God put this within me to adopt a child one day, totally foreign to anything I'd grown up with. I didn't know anyone that was adopted. I didn't, you know, I, it wasn't in my world, but I just had this, what I call a random desire. I was 12. So obviously, you know, okay, well maybe later, you know, but it was always in the back of my mind. Did you share that with anybody? No, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, because it was, it's weird. You're 12. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I kind of kept it to myself and I just always wondered, okay, well, what is that going to be? So honestly, I forgot um, as the years went on and, you know, there was a period of time where I, I wasn't always asking God what he wanted me to do with my life. I was just kind of like, well, this is what I'm good at, so this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, so through college, I was I majored in journalism, and I actually had an internship at the Today Show in New York. And so it seemed like 
wow, this is what I should do with my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after that internship and then the last summer that I had before getting a job, I went on a mission trip. And it was like, for the first time, I revisited, okay, before I get into the real world, okay, let me just ask this question. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? Mm. And he was like, actually, remember when you were 12? That's what I want you to do, but I'm going to multiply it. And it may look a little different than just you adopt a child one day. So, You know, one of the things, uh, I have three three kids, they're all grown and gone now, but um, the thing that I think I, if I have regrets, is that I didn't get them involved in a missions trip early on. Mm. And I regret that for myself, really, because I didn't really travel on a missions-type thing until I was, oh, it, it wasn't a, probably seven years ago or so. Wow. So I really got, on, uh, you know, to see. And I've, I've been on a few now. And I absolutely see the value of that for yeah. a believer to go on a missions trip. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it will change your life. It, it really it will. will. It, it will. Really will. And, it's, and I think some people may be afraid of that. <laughs> if they're going to think, oh, yeah. if I go there exactly. and I see, I may have to change my perspective yeah. on a lot of things, including my own lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So after that, where did you go on your first trip then? At, to the Philippines. To the Philippines. And, you know, I when I went to apply for different um, trips to go on, I was I applied to the one in the Philippines, and then I was going to search for some in Africa. You know, I'd heard about Africa a lot growing up, and um, before I could even apply, I got accepted, and I just thought, well, I'll just go to the Philippines. And when I was there, I was like, there's no need to go somewhere else at this point. I have such a strong calling and feeling towards this place that, you know, I want to follow through. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, a gentleman uh, sitting next to you, and his name's Daniel. Hey. <laughs> hey. And uh, we want to find out a little bit more about you, Daniel. So uh, we're going to find out in a few minutes how you all met. But uh, hey. did you grow up in McGee? Uh, I grew up in McGee. I did. So did you know each other as, as uh, youngsters? We knew each other. I went to McGee High School, and she went to another school in the same county. Um, we went to the same church. Okay. Same youth group. Um, And for me, it started, I was doing worship. Tuesday nights we had rehearsals. And I say that I went to sing, but I went because she was there. (laughs) If I'm being honest with you. Totally totally understandable. Um, So I think for me and my love for her um, started on Tuesday nights in the early 2000s. Yeah. And how old were you? Gosh, 15. Yeah, yeah. 15, 14, 15. So we've known each other. I'm 28 now. How long is that? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, yeah. So So how about your own personal journey then as far as your walk into Mm. faith? I mean, growing up in church, but I grew up in church too. Doesn't mean you're a believer. Exactly. Doesn't, you know, uh, some, some, you know, have that that experience like Natalie did at 12 years old where Mm -hmm. she really committed her life to the Lord. When did that happen for you, and how me, did that happen? Uh, yep. For me, um, when I was 10, uh, I went to, I don't know if you've ever heard a thing called the Power Team. Oh, sure. Yeah. And they we've, were... We've got a pastor on our air who was one of the Power Team. Are you guys. serious? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so cool. Dr. Andre Sims. Yeah, little tiny arms. Just real, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I bet. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. Andre, yeah. So anyway, go ahead. So I, I, I went and... 
if, if, if you don't know or if the listeners don't know what the power team is, uh-huh. it's these guys that come in and they're just extremely strong and yes. rip phone books and bend skillets and all this stuff. And um, I, they started to preach the gospel. And I don't know if I was just scared, like they're going to beat me up if I don't do this. <laughs> um, but I, I remember having an encounter with Jesus. Um, but that just from, from then until I was about 18, I just kind of coasted. Um, play football. Uh, for some reason, I was I was good at long snapping. Um, never practiced, just did it. Um, and uh, so fast forward uh, to when I was 18 or 19, I played football at the University of Central Arkansas um, as a long snapper. And I remember I was at a passion conference, and Francis Chan was was talking, and I just remember encounter, encountering Jesus in in just the most tangible way and I I think maybe for the first time in my life that was when I I realized wow God loves me personally he did this for me um he he gave up everything to come to earth and die for me for my sins and um so when I was 19 I think it that that's when it was just it became, kind of a solidifying yeah became very real for me um and I've I've always wanted to travel you know I've always wanted to go and and that's always kind of been a part of you know what I wanted to do and um I just never had the opportunity when I was young and so I went to Mexico on a trip the the first time that you know that was that kind of thing was available um and while I was at Central Arkansas I was involved with the college ministry I began to lead worship and the guy who was kind of the associate pastor for this college ministry invited me to go to Thailand for a summer's, summer missions trip um, to work with the university students in Bangkok. Mm. Excuse me. And spent two months there um, and just absolutely loved it. Loved every second of it. Um, and it, that's the first time I'd ever been to Asia, so it really just kind of opened my eyes to, wow, there's a lot more than Mississippi, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got back, transferred after I got done with football to Southern Miss, um, where Brett Favre went. Uh, <laughs> you might know who Brett Favre is. Um, so I get to Southern Miss, and I, and I start singing at this local church, um, and I become friends with a, with a pastor, and he invites me to go to India. And so I go to India. We were in um, Siligree for uh, about 10 days, um, working with some local missionaries there. And so God continued to put these kinds of trips in my in my path and um when I got back from India it seemed like my heart and my mind were always in Asia you know I just I just wanted to know what was going on in Asia I would even watch the news and and you know pray for Asia pray for the for the for the um the the current events going on the problems um and all the while Natalie and I were 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 talking and and kind of dating on and off, and she had moved to the Philippines in 2013, and um, just through conversations, um, she invited me to come, and she said, you need to see, you know, what we're doing, and uh, so I took a trip one month, um, and just just knew, you know, just knew, like, this is why, this is why for the past three years, you know, I've, I've cared so much about Asia, hmm. and, and it just in an instant made sense. And so in 2000, what, babe, 14, 2014, I moved. Um, and it was funny because we, we kind of dated in the Philippines. And I, I remember 
um, one of our dates was cooking a steak over a fire in in like a dirt field. Uh, sounds exciting. <laughs> it yes. was it was very exciting. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. We we burnt the steak. Uh-huh. It took like four hours to cook the steak. Um, so we I, I think we ended up eating something else, but um, it it was fun. And in uh, 2015 we got married, and then um, six weeks after we got married, uh, we were involved in an accident that, uh, made us go back to the, to America. Interesting. You're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, and with me today is Natalie and Daniel Harrington and, uh, with Ellipsis International Ministries. So you had to come back to the U.S. Yeah, come back. And, uh, t- for, for treatment or what? Physical what, therapy. For, mm-hmm. Yeah. And surgery. And surgery. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was a pretty serious accident. It was. It threw us, threw us for a loop. Yeah. yeah. I pr- Probably in so many ways when you think about it, because here the Lord's given you this vision for ministry, mm-hmm. and you're young, and you're excited, and you're vi- vital, and you're thinking there's a great direction, and we just got married, and all of this, and all of a sudden... You're thinking, is this it? Is this the? End? Did you think, is this the end, or this is not going to happen now? Or what? What were your thoughts when that happened? It was honestly, it's hard to explain how difficult it was on so many levels. Um, obviously, the initial was, are we going to be able to walk again? Uh, we were on a scooter and we collided with a SUV, so it was very serious. And we had surgery and we were in the hospital for five days. And um, and then you know, other thoughts came of okay, well, it looks like we're going to survive this and be able to walk again. But but why did this happen? You know, we're serving the Lord. And, you know, I, I guess you always think that you're safe when you serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he's He's always got us in his hand. But he does, you know, allow things to, to change us and, and grow us and move us in different directions. Mm-hmm. And so we don't look at why did it happen or why did it have to hurt the way that you know, God has molded us, but it definitely changed us in the way that we view what we do. Um, once we were able to get past the emotional, spiritual, and physical um, difficulty and damage that we had to to work through. And what what were those changes in viewpoint? How, what 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 do you think changed from before the accident and mm-hmm. instead of after? Well, I th- I think um, so. We got married. And went back to the Philippines. Um, we we had just signed a lease for a house, and we we, we were decorating, putting pillows. We were we were going to be there, like pillows on the couch, right? You know, just we were we were nesting, right? And um, you know, we we kind of decided in our heart uh, that you know, hey, not not telling God this is what we're going to do, but just agreeing and feeling a strong call. We're going to be here for the next five years, ten years, mm-hmm. and we were very ready to do that. And, um, then, then the wreck happened and, um, just a, a couple of factors, uh, caused us to, for, for the safest, um, I guess, uh, safest thing we could do was to leave the Philippines and, um, uh, do therapy. And while we were home, you know, a lot of, we struggled with a lot of, I guess, PTSD and, yeah. um, you know, it was it was hard for I don't know what four or five months, just really just kind of struggling with, what do we do? Like, what are we going to do? We had this plan, this tentative, you know, five year, ten year plan, and you know, there's a big wrench thrown into it. Um, and 
we started to think back, okay, well, we've, we've thought about starting our own, uh, our own thing, our own nonprofit, um, because, you know, we would like the freedom to, to kind of grow as we want to, go where we want to, you know, it just really the freedom to do what God is calling us personally to do. Yes. And um, so we began to talk about, okay, well, since we're sitting on mom and dad's couch right now, um, you know, does, does this mean that it's time for us to, to start moving in this direction? And we were actually in Seattle at Pike's Place um, talking about this, eating a bowl of chowder, and it was the best bowl of chowder that I've ever had in my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and I, I can remember sitting at the table thinking or saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start this. Uh, we didn't have a name yet, um, but it's just like this is coming back to me right now. Like It's just cool sitting here mm-hmm. knowing a year and a half ago we were right over there. Yeah, about a mile away. About a mile away Yeah, um, talking about this. And so from this accident, from this personal tragedy in our life, um, a lot of good came from it. Um, you know, Ellipsis was birthed. Um, some some people who had to step into our roles in the Philippines um, just proved themselves and did amazing while we were gone. And, um, you know, so God, uh, through this tragedy, has really shown us how um, he takes broken things and makes it beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's cool to see it playing out every day, you know. We've got about three minutes left, and and so our listeners know we're going to we're going to talk more about this next week because we want to know more about w- what Ellipsis uh, mm-hmm. International is and what you do over there in the Philippines. But in the in the final moments here of this first segment, I'd love for you just to encourage our listeners about that very thing that you were just talking about. How. The Lord gave you both a vision, and you were on this path that you thought were, was of him, and you were being blessed by him, and you were walking in that path. And then all of a sudden, this this event occurred that kind of changed what you thought might have been the entire direction, and there was some doubts there. People are going through that in, in their own way here mm-hmm. in this community. What would you say to them in those dark hours when you were laying there in bed— and wondering about your future, what did the Lord say to you, and what would you say to encourage our listeners? I feel like the main thing that I learned and was encouraged by is the fact that no matter what we're doing, whether we're following the Lord or He's changing our path because we're not following Him, He is in control, Hmm. and it's His plan. For us, the ministry wasn't ours, and it didn't just depend on us. He's still in control. We were... In, an, in other words, kicked out for a while, and nothing, it didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it just proves that, that God's in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel? I was just texting someone um, earlier today, and just they, they were kind of going through something, and I, I just told them, you know, in the, in the good times, God is with us. And in the bad times, perhaps even more, God is with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's wh- whatever it is, whatever— whether you're going through a season of of just just plenty and and blessing or or or, or not, God's with you, you know. Um, and so I think just re- just remember that always, always, always. You know, Jesus said, "I will be with you." Yeah. No matter what you go through. Well, we're gonna, as I said, pick this up next week. But uh, for for people who want to check out 
a little bit more about uh, Ellipsis International, how can they find out? Where do they go to a website? Mm -hmm. What's the website? It's www.ellipsisinternational.org. And help people help me know how to spell ellipsis. Yes, <laughs> E-L-L-I-P-S-I-S, ellipsis. Okay, and next time we're going to find out what that means and yes. why you called it that. So today uh, we've been listening to Daniel and Natalie Harrington with Ellipsis International. And this story is exciting to me because, as they shared just here at the last... It really is truly about the faithfulness of God. He is faithful to the call that he's given to us, but he's faithful to do what he said he would do despite the circumstances and despite what we go through. Yeah. His, his kingdom, his, his rule, his reign is still going to be the, the, the primary thing. And so I want to thank you today. The key scripture for this program is trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. And so thank you for listening today, and we'll join you again next week. God bless. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, call Chuck Olmsted at 206-269-6216 or go to KGNW.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.